Well, there's no doubt about it. These are certainly very strange times for us sports fans. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We appreciate you joining us, being a part of the show. And, and guys, just a reminder, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. However you get your podcasts, we're there. And if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, we will get a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you. You can't beat that. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you doing it. Yeah, I mean, you ask what now, right? You're asking and I'm asking. I thought we'd be sitting here getting ready for a little NCAA tournament action, filling out our brackets, a little big dance. I I mean, and now we're sitting here and there's not a whole lot. In fact, there is nothing going on in the world of sports outside of NFL free agency and uh, Tom Brady going from the Patriots to the Buccaneers, which obviously is not something that we cover here at heartlandcollegesports.com. But there is still plenty for us to talk about here. So where I want to start and and first off, I do hope that uh, as this coronavirus sweeps across the nation, I'm not somebody who has drastically changed my life. Like, I was going out last week. Not going out, but I was going to the food store last weekend. Uh, I was going to the gym up until my gym here in the Kansas City area was shut down. I I was living my life within reason. Now, I was not someone who, you know, was trying to get other people sick or anything like that. I was not sitting in bars being foolish. But I was going out and about and practicing my social distancing and all those different things. Um, So I was doing all that. I was. But I understand the concern here. I get this is real. I want to get this under control. And hopefully in the next two, three, four weeks, it will be under control regarding the coronavirus. So let's talk about something that the NCAA did that was smart. Something it did not do that was smart. I guess the NCAA was actually considering releasing a March Madness bracket. That would have made zero sense. Why would the NCAA for a second consider releasing an NCAA tournament bracket when you don't know who would have upset who, you know, who in the small conferences might have won a tournament that nobody expected that would have knocked somebody out of the, you know, 10, 11, 12 seed range. I mean, who, who knows? We don't know. Now, granted, seeds one through four in each part of the bracket probably would have been similar to, you know, whatever the NCAA would have ultimately released. Probably not a huge difference there. But with all that being said, what's the point outside of the super nerd, outside of the guy or gal who's got nothing better to do with his or her time? What do you have to lose? Tell me the downside. Give me something here. I mean, come on, please. So I I just, I could not believe it. I could not believe it as I was sitting here and saying to myself, is this really something that they're going to consider? Because it makes zero sense. Absolutely zero sense. And there was a ton of backlash on social media because, oh my God, the NCAA is not releasing a bracket. They shouldn't be releasing a bracket. What is the bracket going to say? What is the bracket going to, you know, include? Teams that might have been in the NCAA tournament. I know we probably can pick out 50 to 55 of them, but, like, what does it matter? We were never going to have a champion, and sorry, Bill Self, Kansas does not deserve to be called 
national champions. I I love you, man. I mean, I get it. You're the number one team in the country right now, or you were the number one team in the country, but we can't be sitting here calling the Kansas Jayhawks the national champions. We we cannot do it. Uh, Bill Self said as much this week. He said he would be on board with having the college basketball national championship decided based on the polls this season. He said this would be the one year I would be in favor of it without question. Hmm, shocker. Uh, KU ranked number one in the coaches poll, and they were in line to be number one in the AP poll as well. And with the cancellation of the NCAA tournament, uh, Bill Self said that's not the way this is intended to be. Coaches prepare their teams to peak at the right time and basically saying, hey, we're peaking at the right time. Number one team in the country. You know, if the college football season ended in the middle of November, I would be okay with the number one team being called champions because football is not the NCAA tournament. Like, you don't get VCU in college football. VCU does not happen in college football. St. Mary's does not happen in college football. George Mason does not happen in college football. Football, as much as we love the upsets, it is much more predictable than college basketball because of how the NCAA tournament's designed. It's designed for Virginia to lose to the number 16 seed and then come back the next year and win the national championship. It is designed for the chaos of the opening weekend. And yeah, sure, I probably would have picked KU as a Final Four team. I mean, they had won 16 straight and they were probably going to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So I would have been fine with that. They were 28-3. and They were 17-1 and in the Big 12. Uh, their only losses came to Duke, Villanova, and Baylor. All those three teams were in the top 10 of the final coaches poll released this week. But to sit here and, and, and hang a banner calling yourself national champions, here's the thing. If a team like Dayton did that, I'd kill them. I'd say, come on, Dayton. You guys are grasping for straws here. This is a joke. You can't be doing this. Just stop. It's small school. It's petty. Don't go down that road. So why should I sit here and say, well, it's KU, so it's the Big 12, and they won 16 straight, so let's give them a national championship banner. Nah, can't do it. Sorry. No way, no how. You you cannot do it. You cannot do it. And I don't think that the Jayhawks should be doing it, and I don't think Bill Self should be entertaining it at all. So it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. it. It sucks the fact that we're all sitting here as Big 12 fans and college basketball fans, and there's no March Madness. But I could not in good faith watch KU raise a national championship banner next year and be like, you know what? This has been well earned. I just could not do it. Couldn't do it. And KU deserves a lot of credit, you know? Deserves a lot of credit. And even self-admitted, there would be a huge asterisk uh, next to this, and that's not a road anybody wants to go down. It's just, it's not, it's not. You know, KU's going to have more chances at national championships, uh, and it doesn't matter if they would have those chances or would not have those chances. It doesn't matter. You cannot have a situation where you're crowning the Kansas Jayhawks 2020 national champions of college basketball. Cannot do it. I'm sorry. But these are tough times. These are really tough times. And what we're doing at heartlandcollegesports.com is we have, um, we're going to go over the next 23 days, we are going to have uh, 
breakdowns of the Big 12 in the NCAA tournament every year dating back to 1997. So rolling them out, starting back in 97, rolling them up through 2019. So you'll have a chance to just follow the Big 12 and what each program did in the NCAA tournament if they made it over the past 23 years. That's how we're trying to give you some quality content to get through these very difficult times. Very difficult times. If there's anything good to come out of it, there's a possibility that some guys who might have been considering going to the NBA may end up coming back to school. CBS Sports did a story on this, and nobody in the Big 12 was on that list. The top guy on the list was Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. Guys who, you know, potentially might have jumped to the NBA had they had a good NCAA tournament, but we'll never know. We'll never know, you know, which Big 12 player, if there was going to be a Big 12 player, or heck, a coach. Was it going to be a coach who was going to have a Cinderella run, who was going to change his projections, right? Brad Underwood. Oklahoma State fans, Chris Beard, Texas Tech fans. That's where not just college stars are made, but also college coaches can be made and can take that next step in their career. Shaka Smart for Texas fans. We all know who those names and who those guys are, and it's because of these shocking uh, wins they picked up in the big dance, and now we've got no idea who that coach, who that player might have been and what that could have looked like in March Madness 2020, we are never going to know. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Weird week, weird times indeed. We appreciate you joining us and, and being a part of the show and following along. We're still going to give you show there every week, by the way. We're not going anywhere. I, we are not going anywhere. We're going to be right here, and we're going to be talking with you. College basketball, college football, Big 12. Uh, we're doing it top to bottom. Coming up next, Matthew Postens. He's going to join us. Put a bow on the Big 12 basketball season. Sad to say, that's next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, I didn't think we'd be sitting here in mid-March and recapping the Big 12 basketball season, but that is what we are doing. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Matthew Postens, who's done a great job all season long uh, taking care of Big 12 hoops for us, joining us on the show. Matthew, did you think we'd be sitting here recapping the season uh, in mid-March? I mean, this is crazy. No, this is completely bizarre. It's probably the most unique and odd and surreal experience I've had as a sports writer. Uh, and that that's going back to my days as a, an undergrad at Stephen F. Austin. I've never, I've never experienced anything like this. I don't think anybody within the realm of sports has experienced anything like this with the exception of maybe Sid Hartman, the columnist up in Minnesota, uh, who is now hundred years old. And last week as all this unfolded as they canceled March madness and NBA and everything else, he filed a column about his uh, uh, first sports column, which was right around uh, World War II. So he may be the only guy in our business that has seen something as surreal or as impactful as what this has had in the sports world over the past week. Uh, absolutely crazy and excellent point when you think about it. Well, for the Big 12, uh, the question is, you know, Kansas sends the season number one in the polls. Uh, Bill Self made a case for possibly being national champions what do you make of that 
why not? I mean, <laughs> uh, they're not going to play March Madness. They're not going to play any sort of truncated NCAA tournament. Uh, it's really going to be up to the NCAA to decide if they're going to allow the AP poll and or the USA Today coaches poll to stand as the national champion or just leave it as a year where they didn't have the tournament and, and they didn't have a recognized national championship. We're used to seeing this in football up until about 20 years ago because the polls would usually decide who the number one team in the country was. We're not used to that in basketball. Uh, basketball has always been determined by what happens in the NCAA tournament. So for me, you know, you'll let Bill Self make his case. Uh, and it, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I think that Kansas actually has a strong case to be considered the national champion. Uh, they, they beat the number one team uh, in the country in Baylor a few weeks before the uh, Big 12 tournament. Uh, they had a great year. Uh, Gonzaga can make a case. Uh, they had a fantastic year. Uh, Dayton can make a really good case. Uh, Florida State and Baylor could even make a good case. So it's a really strong top five. Uh, but, you know, Kansas is number one. Uh, that's what the voters decided. They gave the Jayhawks all but one of the first place votes. I think Gonzaga got one of them. So uh, to me, obviously, Kansas is going to be looked upon as the number one team in the country when we look back in the history books. It's going to be up to the NCAA to decide if they're going to recognize that as the national champion or not. Mm -hmm. Now, Matthew, though, when you look at it, I mean, you're right that they did this in football up until about whatever it was, 20-some-odd years ago. But you know that you know, football and basketball are totally different beasts when you look at, you know, there's never a VCU, a George Mason in college football. If there is, it's highly unlikely. Maybe Boise State's been the closest to it, but they've never been on the verge of winning a national title. So, I mean, if you're Bill Self, you know, we'd knock Dayton if they tried to pull this off. So why is it fair for Bill Self to try it? Or would you say to Dayton if they were number one, hey, you guys can be national champs? Yeah, I'd say the same thing if the voters had decided that Dayton was the best team in the country. I mean, you know, it goes back to UCF a few years ago when they claimed a national championship in football. The thing is, UCF actually does have a recognized national championship in college football. The NCAA recognizes 12 or so different polls when it comes to college football at the end of the season. UCF was actually number one in one of those polls. So they can actually rightfully claim that they won a national championship a couple of years ago when they went undefeated and uh, won the, uh, I think it was the Fiesta Bowl or the Chick-fil-A Bowl, uh, whichever bowl game it was they won in Scott Frost last year. They can actually recognize they can claim a recognized national championship. It's completely different in college basketball, but this is a very unique situation. So if the voters had decided that Gonzaga was the best team in the country in their mind or Dayton, I would say absolutely. Go ahead and let the, the, the Bulldogs or the Flyers make a case for being the number one team in the country. All right. He's being consistent. Matthew Poston's our Big 12 basketball insider on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Matthew, what is the takeaway going to be when you look at the top storylines looking back on this Big 12 basketball season? What will the top couple of storylines be for you? Well, I think one of them is going to be Baylor uh, and just that incredible run they went on uh, from mid-November to mid-February. Uh, they did something that was just groundbreaking for their program this year, you know, winning 23 straight, starting 13-0 in Big 12 play being number one uh, for longer, by the way, than any other team was number one in the country this season. Uh, it's just a shame for them that they kind of not fell apart, but they stumbled a little bit down the stretch, losing three of their last five. Uh, but that's certainly going to be one of the big takeaways for me. And then, you know, another takeaway for me is just going to be how, just how, how big the gap was in terms of the competition in this conference this year. We've been so used the past couple of years to this being a, relatively tight conference you know 
not being a lot of separation between, say, number one and number five in the conference. Uh, here we are. When we look back, we're going to see Kansas and Baylor be well above the pack. You know, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, all of which I think were 500 or worse. As I've been going through standings for the Big 12 doing our March Madness rewinds for the site, um, you can always see consistently six or seven teams above 500 every year. This is going to be one of those weird years when we look back on it and say, boy, there was a real talent gap. Uh, between Kansas and Baylor and everybody else in the conference. Mm-hmm. Now, Matthew, as as you look at the bottom of the conference and uh, where this conference was, it was it was ugly at times at the bottom of this conference. Who's going to go down as having the most disappointing season in the Big Twelve? Uh, I still say, I still say Iowa State. Uh, I knew Kansas State was going to take a step back, just given what they lo- had lost in the previous year. Uh, Iowa State certainly had lost some good players, but I felt like there was enough talent there for that team to come together and at least be a a, a player within the Big 12 race. I certainly did not expect them to, to fall the way they did. Uh, and you can't really blame injuries. I mean, Lindell Wigginton obviously uh, – I'm sorry, not Lindell Wigginton. Tyrese Halliburton obviously got injured in the back half of the year. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of injuries to really blame it on. It was a, a lack of chemistry. A uh, lack of some players simply stepping up and, and not getting it done. And you know, Michael Jacobson kind of kind of threw down the gauntlet a little bit after their loss in the Big 12 tournament, saying, "Yeah, the younger guys, I think they're going to be okay because they know what the standard is at this program, and they know that this is not acceptable." So he kind of he kind of left a little nugget there for the younger guys uh, to pick up on going into next year. And they've got some good young talent, but uh, Steve Prom knows he has to hit the recruiting trail, bring in a couple of guys that can really help them because they're losing a lot from the standpoint of seniors. Matthew Poston's our guest. So, Matthew, who at the bottom of the standings or near the bottom of the standings would you expect to surprise and be near the top of the standings next season? Hmm. Well, just looking at it, I think Oklahoma State is probably the best positioned. And some of this is going to depend on what the NCAA decides to do, whether they decide to give an extra year of eligibility to seniors uh, in winter sports. They've already basically decided in spring sports, you're going to get it. They're still trying to figure out if they're going to do the same thing in winter sports. If they do, Oklahoma State has the potential to be really stacked if Cameron McGriff, Lindy Waters, and Thomas Desagwa all decide to come back as seniors and play an extra year. Even if they don't come back, they've got a good young core of players. As long as Isaac Likely doesn't get tempted by the NBA, they've got a, a center who needs to get better in A, but he can give them consistency inside. They've got a great recruiting class coming in. They had a great recruiting class this year that didn't play a whole lot, but some of them played enough to show that they can be real players at this level come next year. So if you're looking at Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, those teams that finished the season under 500 in Big 12 play, uh, those four teams that played the first day of the tournament, they're the ones that I think could vault into that top half next year. Now we know, Matthew, there was a big drop-off from Baylor and Kansas to the rest of the conference, but who in the top half of the conference, basically the same question in reverse, who in the top half of the conference, whether it's KU, Baylor, uh, West Virginia, throw in Tech or Oklahoma, who in that top half is most likely to see a setback to next season? Well, I think it depends on what you define by setback because you know some of those teams finished 500 for the season. I think with the team that I really am interested in seeing this year to next year is Texas Okay. because they don't have a lot they're losing. When you look at their roster, they don't have a lot of seniors. Uh, they've got 
a very small recruiting class, but they've got one really good recruit coming in. Uh, he's a top, I think he's a top 20 or top 30 guy. Uh, if Jericho Sims decides to stay and foregoes the NBA, then they've got pretty much their entire roster coming back next year. Plus, you get an opportunity for Will Baker, their seven-footer, to develop a year. You've got guys who can shoot the three. You've got guys who can defend. You've got Andrew Jones, who has a full year under his belt now after fighting off leukemia, and he could be even better next year. I mean, to me, it's not so much about how far are they going to drop, it's how far are they going to go up. They're the team, to me, that should have everything they need to make a run at the top of this conference. And if they don't, to me, that would end up being one of the most disappointing parts of next season is to, to have all of that talent coming back and having that continuity and not capitalizing on it next year. Uh, I think that could be the thing that really would rule out Shaka Smart coming back past next year because with everything that's happened this year, I don't think Shaka Smart's going anywhere. I don't think any of the coaches in the Big 12 are going anywhere after what happened this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Matthew Poston's been a heck of a season. Didn't think it'd end this early. Matthew, great to have you on as always. Appreciate all the great work this season. We will uh, talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Pete. Coming up, some final thoughts as we wrap up the show here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Final few minutes here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, and being a part of the show in what is a very weird time in the sports world. Nothing is going on. Absolutely nothing is going on. Uh, you know, you've got no spring football. You've got no college baseball happening. Obviously, the NCAA tournament is not taking place, and... As I think to what could have been uh, for the Big 12 in the NCAA tournament, we have no idea what the brackets would have looked like. We talked about that earlier in the show. But I really do think that this was a year when there were the haves and the have-nots, and there was a big drop-off between the two. And to think that, hey, look at what happened here with the Kansas Jayhawks, closing out the season as the number one team in the country. Baylor at number five. And when you look at just the top 25 in general, yeah, I think there were a handful of teams that could have won a national title. Kansas and Baylor were two of them. I I mean, they were right up there. Now, if you went down to the top 15, Maryland maybe would have given Duke a shot, of course. Michigan State, Kentucky. I never would have bought into the Dayton's and the San Diego States of the world actually making a deep run, or they could have made a deep run, but being national champs, I would not have bought it. I typically don't come to big dance because teams like that, they roll through their conference schedules. They're not playing the toughest competition. And then they get, you know, on their heels in a big game in the big dance and it just falls apart for them. So I, I, they could have made a deep run, but I would not have seen them being the team or teams that would have had a chance to actually win the national title. Florida state. Yeah. Real good. Could have done it. But it's just a darn shame that these Kansas Jayhawks, who were built for a run like this, who had guys who had played in March Madness, who had the experience, all the things that you look for, the talent, first-round picks for the NBA draft, they had it, and they're not going to have a chance to see whether or not they would have been able to make a deep run. Never going to know. Baylor. I don't know if anybody saw Baylor being a top five team this year. Even the biggest Baylor homer may not have seen this year coming. And the Bears, never going to know what could have been. 
And I would have been curious to see what was going to happen with kind of the mid-tier teams in the Big 12. The OUs, the Techs, the West Virginias. I mean, there was a huge drop-off. We know that. Huge drop-off after one and two in the Big 12 Conference. But what would the Mountaineers have put together? You know, they kind of went through a season where it was up, it was up, and then it was like, whoa, pump the brakes. Things uh, dove down quickly, and they were starting to play better down the stretch of the season. Got the win over Baylor, and all of a sudden it was like, wait, maybe West Virginia has turned the corner here for a second. Maybe the Mountaineers, somebody we should be looking into, right? I mean, that's, that's entirely possible based on how this team was playing down the stretch, getting a couple of good wins. We'll never know. And that's what makes this fun to talk about when you're a, you know, sports junkie, no matter what the sport is. But considering college basketball's one and done, March Madness, and that was the playoff, basically, that was missed here in uh, sports over the past couple of weeks. We'll never know, but it's fun to talk about, and it's fun to think about, and it's fun to say, hey, what could have been? How might this have played out? Which team could have made a run? Which head coach? would have gotten himself a better job or on the other side, which coach would have gotten himself fired. Like think about how the big 12 tournament was going to play out that Texas, Texas tech game where both teams were on the court and were then called off the court. And then Kansas city basically said no big 12 tournament. We're shutting down last Thursday. That was basically a play in game for the NCAA tournament. If Texas doesn't win that game, does Shaka smart stay. And now with players possibly having a chance to come back, how does that shape up for the Big 12 Conference? It is fascinating. Fascinating. Did this coronavirus, and no one's going to be happy about this because it's uh, tanked the economy, at least for the short term. Uh, people have obviously died from it. It has changed the way we live. But did it save somebody like Shaka Smart's job? I mean, seriously, did it? Might have. Might have totally changed. His outlook and Shaka Smart's a guy who, as Matthew Poston's pointed out earlier, somebody who, you know what, he could end up next year winning 25 games. He could have a heck of a year with the recruiting class coming in and, you know, the guys coming back. Who knows? Who knows? So it's a very interesting time um, in the Big 12 to see what these guys are going to do, what the NCAA is going to do, by the way, right? Like, what is the NCAA going to do? How are they going to handle this? Are they going to let seniors that were – they're letting seniors, if you're in college baseball, come back next year. Are they going to let basketball players come back next year who are seniors? You know, that that could be very interesting. That could be something to keep an eye on. Would Freddie Gillespie come back from Baylor? I, I don't know. I, you know. I have no idea. Would a Devontae Bandu come back for the Baylor Bears next year? Don't know. I We, we just don't know but it potentially changes the outlook of all of college basketball, but especially the Big 12. Oklahoma State, what if all those guys come back next year with a very good recruiting class? Think about the seniors on that team, right? I mean, the guys that could be coming back, it could totally change the way the Big 12 plays out next year. Cameron McGriff, Lindy Waters, I don't think they're NBA prospects, no offense to those guys, but if they want to get one more year to college, get a master's degree, and play some college hoops and help this great freshman recruiting class come in and make some noise, that could be a lot of fun. There are so many options. Now, you know, with the Kansas Jayhawks, if you look at their roster right now and what might happen there, I mean, there's going to be turnover, right? 
there's just going to be turnover. I mean, there's just there's there's no denying it. It's it's going to happen for the Jayhawks. It has to happen because guys like Devin Dotson probably going to the NBA. Uh, Doke senior, he's not coming back. I mean, when you're an NBA prospect, he's not coming back. I got to imagine he's a first round pick, right? I'm not an NBA draft guru. I don't pretend to be, but he's got to be a, a prospect for the NBA draft. So he's not going to come back. But it's those like Cameron McGriff types for Oklahoma State who are like, well, I'm not going to play in the NBA. I guess I could go overseas somewhere. Do I really want to do that or stay here? Try to have a legacy. Get the master's degree. Build more relationships. What do I want to do next? Have all those conversations. I, that, that to me is potentially, and we don't know if it's going to happen yet, but that is potentially a great opportunity. Christian Doolittle, Oklahoma. Would he come back? Why the heck not? Give it some thought. Give it some serious, serious thought. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you guys here each and every week. This show is not going to be taken off, by the way. We're not going anywhere. So uh, join us. We'll find something to talk about in the Big 12 every single week. Don't you guys worry one bit. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. There may be no Big 12 sports, but we're going to be here for you. I promise you, we're not going anywhere. So don't worry about that. And please do leave us that rating, review, subscribe. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. If you do that, just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll get the koozie in the mail. And I promise you, I don't have coronavirus. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Appreciate it.